This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You might hear the word insolvency and think, companies. But insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Gather round all ye rugby dwellers here, for this is the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. Not so much a podcast, but a self-help audiobook that helps you only to become either enraged or despondent. <laughs> but at least you're laughing while you're doing it, I hope. <laughs> I am Lee Calvert. Here's open. open. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and over there, the gentleman is... I'm Josh Gardner of rubbishitwatch.com. He most certainly is. This is episode 106. Like the Peugeot 106. I wondered where you were going to go with that. Which then. is a little bit like a bread bin on wheels, which is a little bit like it this is. podcast. I'm assuming they don't even make the Peugeot 106 anymore. No, they, don't. No, they no. don't. It's the 107 now. See what well, they've done there? Well. Also, coincidentally, in the year 106 AD, yes. Issa Nathewa was born. <laughs> and he looked exactly the same. <laughs> he was born with that hair and everything. Yes. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, for yes. maybe you want to suggest a really and why, tor- and why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you? Just, maybe yeah. you want to suggest an incredibly tortured sort of linkage thing like that instead of me having to write them. You can get in touch at Blood and Mud. That's me on Twitter, and I'm Lee at bloodandmud.com, and there's bloodandmud.com and Facebook and all that stuff. And what about you, Josh? Um, it's at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shirt Watch, and of course RugbyShirtWatch.com for all your rugby shirt watching needs Are you enjoying the rest you're having now before it goes fucking ape shit in a couple of months time uh, yeah basically you know it's, we're ticking over 
We do about, about two reviews a week, maybe, if you're lucky now. If How many lucky. of them are you actually writing these days? Uh, oh, I'm writing them all. I'm are writing you? them all. Yeah, I'm still the sole. Well, you got well, some I'm... poor bugger to do it for you. Fuck no, we don't make enough money for that. <laughs> you see, Ross, this poor <laughs> bugger can't even spell job. Uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> so, um, anyway, sorry, I'm going to League of Gentlemen around Yeah, let's do that again. Uh, the, <laughs> there's some great lines in there. People are like yeah. pens, Ross. <laughs> If they don't work, you give them a shake. And if they still don't work, you throw them away. Where was I? Oh, yeah, speaking uh, of working, if you want to get this podcast to work, it's available on I- on Acast and on Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave some reviews and stuff like that as well. Like an Eddie Jones answer, we always begin in the same way, but where he chooses to give it the full, oh, look, mate, when he starts, <laughs> we choose instead to do a player spotted. I'm not sure that was Australian. I sounded like I was underwater, I think. <laughs> it sort of sounded like you were either underwater or having a stroke. Or having a stroke. <laughs> uh, anyway, we do player spotted to start every week. Player spotted mm-hmm. is where we ask you to send in mundane encounters with rugby players or, or related rugby people. Evan Quick slides into my DMs and he says... I went out with the family on Good Friday and stopped to fill the car up at a co-op petrol station in Barry. That's sort of the start of a... Absolutely solid start. Yeah. Just down the road from where we live. And in front of me in the queue were Gethin Jenkins, Reese Gill and Scott Andrews, all of which had one large Easter egg each. <laughs> upon, <laughs> upon going, fantastic. Yeah. But imagine them stood there. Upon going to the till... Andrews was greeted by the $64,000 question by the girl behind the checkout. You can get another egg for just one pound more. Oh. After a few minutes' deliberation, he eventually gave his answer. Aye, go on then. <laughs> so you've got the extra See, that's egg. Proper, that's proper front row in that. That's is. brilliant, isn't it? Like, they yeah. then all left in one of the biggest pickup trucks I've ever seen, says Evan. He said, I've seen Sher- <laughs> Sherman tanks that were smaller than this car they all got into. Well, we'd have to be really. Evan, that's I mean, one of my favourites, I think. That's it is, a magnificent it's, one. It's wonderful and just baffling. <laughs> like, a, what, who were they buying Easter egg for? Why? Was it for them, for the journey? Was it road food? Yeah, yeah were they, why were they buying... Like, I can understand, oh, I've forgotten to buy an Easter egg on, say, Easter Sunday and go to a petrol yeah. station and buy it. But Good Friday, that's weird. <laughs> I feel... I kind of want to have a look at who the Blues are playing that weekend now, just to see if there was Maybe some they were all desperate like... for some steak and they're all quite religious. They thought, oh, we'll have chocolate instead because we're yeah. not allowed steak today. That'll, that'll definitely be it. <laughs> Another... <laughs> you never know. Anyway, the... <laughs> um, Dan Ireland also oozes into my personal messaging and oh, says, yeah. I like this one as well. He said, I was shopping in Exeter with my mum Bracket, that's as tragic as it sounds. I'm 35 years old, close bracket. He said, I spotted Michele Campagnaro in the King William car park getting a ticket from the machine. I excitedly told my mum, who looked up and said, oh. I then realised it was actually Alec Hepburn. I informed my mum of my mistake, to which she replied, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, I like your mum. And she's given it the the mundane disdain that that story deserves. Absolutely did. I've also just discovered that um, on uh, on the Saturday after Good Friday, the Blues were playing away at Edinburgh. So I reckon ah. they got those. I got. They reckon they got some chocolate for the plane. That's proper road food stuff, isn't it? That is, isn't it? 
<clears throat> I mean, it wasn't the worst journey they were going to have that last week, but we'll we'll probably get on to that at some point, I think. <laughs> yes, we probably will, won't we? Yeah. Uh, so there you go, play spotted. Thank you to Crackers. We've had, honestly, there's so many of them coming through. I had another blinder today, but I couldn't use it. But I'm going to use it next week or the week yeah. after. Something to look forward to, isn't it? That's the beauty of play spotted. These things, they don't They're date. eternal. They're eternal. I mean, unless someone gets done for something horrendous, in which case then they would date, but otherwise they won't date. I'm pretty sure people are just making them up now, but I don't care as long as they're entertaining. Oh, no, I don't give a shit. Lie, <laughs> lie through your absolute teeth as long as it's entertaining. Yeah. So there you go. That was play spotted. We Let's move on to the news, shall we? What's happening in the news this There's, week? There has been some news. There has news been some everywhere. news. The first news is that after 17 years... Mm. Uh, Harlequins John Kingston has agreed to leave at the end of the season it's kind of hard to argue really isn't it I mean losing twice to London Irish to, to this London Irish team in a season is pretty hard when you're going for your appraisal yeah covered in like Getting... pie crumbs I imagine he's <laughs> he's going to struggle to justify his uh his performance. Yeah, getting battered at home as well by London Irish is a hard one to come back from, isn't it? It is. And he, he it... just increasingly cuts a figure like a man, like a coach driver trying to round up a stag do at a, at a service station. <laughs> he does look exactly Slightly baffled, like... slightly frustrated and angry with yeah. his lot. He's sort of... He's part. He's got the hazards on. He's illegally parked in the Champs Elysees, <laughs> yeah. and he's they're just all cocking death. about on yeah. on Sega Rally or something. Yeah, and he des he's, he he knows that they he's going to have to confiscate the porn playing cards <laughs> and the pen with the naked women on it. This has gone. This has gone school trip instead of stag do. But hey, I was going to say, but, um, think, yeah. yeah, they're allowed to do that on a stag do if anything. Uh, school um, trips in Aberdeen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'll tell you what. I've got some stories. So, I mean, none to be fair, <laughs> to be fair though, I mean, you know, we we do, you know, we pop a bit of fun at John Kingston, but 17 years service to one club is remarkable, and you do get the impression he's perhaps promoted beyond his ability. Yeah, maybe. It was one of those things where Conor O'Shea just decided he was going to fuck off, and I don't think they really had much of a succession plan in place. Now, however. With the revel- with news that has come out in the last couple of weeks, it's not exactly shocking that the All Blacks are going, OK, so we're going to send all of our players over to you to have their little sabbaticals. So this guy who's in charge, <laughs> <laughs> how, how is he at getting players to play in the All Black way? It's, it's yes. you know, it's just not. I'm sure that they will have themselves a young, hungry, you know, under the radar, but potentially very good Kiwi coach installed before the end of the month. Somebody like, you know, some young bloke who's probably about 33 and will probably win the premiership or something <laughs> stupid like that. Because It does lead to a bigger people. issue about, there does seem to be a problem, perhaps, with um, <laughs> English coaches in the English league <clears throat> being promoted well, yeah. to the top jobs. There's three of them lost a job this season now, I think. <laughs> In the past 12 yeah. months to be replaced by, you know, Alan right. Gaffney. Yeah. Et cetera. It's, 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 and it's kind of the same, you know, you look at, in, in Wales it's the same thing, and in Scotland it's the same thing, you know. Gregor Townsend aside, like, and to be honest, in Ireland as well, you know, there is no... Op- like, and it could become you know. like, um, it could <clears> end up like the football where the same five coaches who keep failing rotate round clubs. Wow. Like in football, you've got the Sam Allardyce, Alan Pardew, Tony Poulis, 
David Moyes merry-go-round going around yes. sort of thing. That's yeah. the British Managers Club. Yes, yeah. indeed. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, and you don't want that situation to be. You know, you don't want managers to get or coaches, I should say, to get hired purely because their yeah. reputation or because they're English or whatever. You would hope we could establish a pathway of sorts. <clears throat> it would be good if there was any English coaches who looked like they were ever going to take over the England job with the exception of Rob Baxter in the Premiership, for example, or if there were any coach, Welsh coaches at all who looked like they were going to take over from Warren Gatland one day, or if there were any Irish coaches who looked like they were going to do that, to be honest. You know, there's... Mm. There are no, you know, Connacht are the only Irish province with an Irish head coach, I believe now. Although, I'm actually, I'm not sure who's in charge of Ulster anymore because that's all been fucking tits up this year, isn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah you know, we'll see. You know, um, all I mean, four of the regions are no longer coached by what, you know, there's an Irish bloke coaching in Wales who's, for the time being at least, it, it's all very odd. And it, it does seem like there's a lot of that. In the same way that in football, the kind of the foreign manager thing is overplayed that, you know, coaches like exotic foreign managers, you know, clubs like exotic mm. foreign managers. I think a lot of rugby clubs, you know, they look at New Zealand, they look at the Southern Hemisphere as being better at coaching than we are. And, and do you think they get the them cheaper? Team. That's the other thing. You think is that there's a, I don't know. I'm just wondering, do you think there's a market dynamic here? It's cheaper to get somebody from over there. Well, because they see, as long as you know, could they probably get given a house or whatever, then they just and they're over here for the experience. So they'll take a kind of. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, know. it's certainly a case with with the players that there's a, you know, a financial dynamic. So I would imagine that it's probably the same. I would imagine that somebody will get more money coaching Harlequins next season than they would have got for coaching, you know, a Bay of Plenty, M- or, Bay of Plenty or or even yeah. Canterbury or Taranaki or yeah, one of these yeah, big, yeah, yeah. you know, Waikato, one of these big MPC teams. They probably don't play that well because as with everything in New Zealand rugby, the sort of the pathway is king and it's like and you take less And you're not bankrupting the pathway, Sunbeam. <clears throat> no matter who well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly that. So, if, yeah, I, I mean... Who knows? It would be nice if if the the if there were more homegrown coaches coming through everywhere. I think, but I'm just happy with good coaches. I don't really care where they're from, as long as they're not shit. <laughs> Speaking of which, but well, before we go on to that though, generally before we finish on John Kingston, <laughs> he's going to be comfort eating now. Oh God, alive. and I'm gen I'm genuinely actually quite worried about him. So you know, yeah, John, he'll be bariatric by May. Put down the put down the table room. Don't drive to Dundee. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So go on. <laughs> Speaking of. Yes. So there have been some various reports in uh, the less than um, trustworthy end of rugby journalism. On t- journalism on t- Twitter accounts, shall we say? Yeah. There's been some spurious bollocks, potentially nonsense today, saying that uh, Jim Mallinder is the. This favorite. is the same account that said that Leopold is going to Bath. Yeah, and that seems so, to be nonsense. But you never know. But anyway, they've said well, who anyway, knows? they've said yes. Manander is going to going to the Ospreys, uh, and he is their number one coach. Now, I've heard some similar. Ru- I, it's not the first time I've heard that rumor. To be honest, um, I've heard him, and I heard uh, our old mate Stu. And the, as I understand it, from my inverted commas sources, 
Um, I don't have any sources. I just have people I know who know more than I do. Um, if he, if Malinder is in the frame, it's pure, It's more as a director of rugby slash consultant type kind of role as opposed to being the new head coach, which I think will probably. It's looking like Alan Clark's going to get the job now. <laughs> Certainly for the well, next given year the way or so. he's gone. Yeah, it'd be, kind it'd of be sad. To, it's hard to argue against him, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's, it's not like he's, you know, done a bad job since he's been there. He's he's overseen a fairly dramatic turnaround. I reckon I could get absolutely hours of um, footage of the long distance, long distance Malander having to move in with Steve Tandy or something in Neath. Oh, oh Jesus! I could I could literally do a series when we do the Patreon yeah. thing. That can be a series. I could start doing. Lynn Lynn Jones putting him up in his <laughs> yeah. house. There we go. There oh we go. God, you imagine the sparkle in that conversation, Jim Ballinger oh. and Lynn Jones. My <laughs> word. Speaking of Lynn Jones, Lynn Jones is back at Neath. Is he? Um, he is, and they are... Are they bankrupt yet? No, quite the opposite. They are basically spending like fucking Brewster's millions. Um, they've signed... Uh... Before WRU money runs out. Spend it all! Spend it all now! <laughs> Yeah, they've they've signed quite a few uh, big, big players, including Scott Andrews from the Dragons, um, and there are some rumours flying about. Maybe that's that... why he could afford the extra pound for the extra egg because he knows that well, exactly. the big beef payday's coming. Yeah, so they've not they've signed Scott Andrews. They've signed Regan King. Um, oh, right, okay. He and, uh, and someone who was born the same year as he said, the were, of course. I, say, um, I mean, he, he must yeah. be 72 if he's a day, Regan King. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at, at Welsh Premiership level, probably all right. Um, um, there's also a big rumour today um, linking none other than big Gavin Henson with a reunion with Lynn Jones at Neath. He's got a year left on his Dragons deal, but there is. You should dye his hair silver again. Take it right back. Should just absolutely roll back. I've also heard some absolutely, totally unconfirmed, sound like insane rumours, but I would love it. <laughs> Let's if it's have true. them anyway. Come on. I'd love it if it's true um, that joining Gavin Henson at Neath potentially will be none other than James Hook making a glorious return to the Knoll. Years That's after. box oh, office, that is. That, I mean, They'll shift I some season what, tickets, won't they? I remember watching James Hook at the Knoll when he was like 19, and fucking hell, that was, those were good days. It looked like it was um, all going to go so well. It did. <laughs> and to be fair to James yeah, Hook. He did all right, yeah, he did. It broadly did go well, but not quite as well as we We mentioned to Paul um, Williams last week, didn't we, the utility yeah. player problem, is that you always <clears> seem, you're always seen to underachieve when you're a utility yeah. player, aren't you? Yeah, and uh, so I, I don't think it's going to happen because Hook's got like a three-year deal and it seems nonsense. But, you know, the Ospreys are paying his wages and Mike Cuddy also owns Neath now. So Oh, that's, bit, where the, that's where the books are coming from. So where, all... with, a bit, with, with a bit of... Well, the pro, I think the reason that Neath are spending like Bruce's millions is because the Premiership is going to get ring-fenced next season. And given that they have been shit... Yeah, I've only yeah. five or six years and have narrowly avoided getting relegated like Swansea did. Um, I think they've gone, right, let's spend a little bit of cash and make sure that we don't end up in the fucking championship next season and then we can just forget about it. You saying um, sh- uh, shit seasons just <clears throat> reminded me that we need to probably next week do our annual There's Always Next Year. Oh, yes. Where we look around and who's had a really, really tough time. Mm. That is a very good point. Send us your nominations for yeah. your local 
clubs that have done fucking appallingly. Yeah, um, so please, yeah, please let us know. And again, I always say this is not to gratuitously mock them. I played in a team that didn't win for two years. I know what it's like. I think these people are really what rugby is all about. So let's have the nominations so we can give them the respect that they are due exactly. for keeping on going respect. despite the fact that they've had a shithole of a season. Oh. Right then, speaking of shitholes of a season, well, not really, but financially, uh, Worcester yeah. have reported an £8.1 million loss. Ooh. How do you like them Ooh. apples? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's not good, is it? That's, and that's for one year, by, by the way. That's not a compound that, loss. That is one year. That is that is the entire budget of fucking Welsh rugby, <laughs> essentially, in debt. Yeah, they had profit. A, they had profit the year before, but that's because the owners wrote off twenty million pounds worth of loans. Very nice of them. Yeah, it was very nice of them, but obviously now it's come back on top. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's so, a bit of a problem. You know that thing we were saying last week when we were chatting about the Saracens thing? About yeah, <laughs> I love this statement. The report said the club continues to be reliant on its shareholders for financial support. <laughs> you don't fucking say. Well, I mean, let's face it. It's not going to get any better over the next couple of years, is it? Yeah, like, we recognise the level of spending seen this year in 2016-17 is not sustainable, and we have worked to reduce outgoing substantially. <laughs> you see, I wish I had that kind of acute business mind. Yeah, you know, to I know things could, that, that you know, eight point million yeah. pound losses are not sustainable. Yeah, when I, when you go into your bank account and you're, you know, <laughs> overdrawn by the entire cost of you, the value of your house, probably. <laughs> That's probably not, you know. Worcester are overdrawn by the sort of gross national products of Mozambique, basically, but yes. they're still managing to earn. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at the, the players that they signed, you know, like how much have they spent on fucking Benteo? Well, hey, they nearly got bloody Manu, didn't they? Yeah. That's some vanity shit there, isn't it? Benteo's been all right, but he's not been great, has he? No, he's been fucking bang average, if you're honest. And who is this? Cecil Duckworth, he, isn't it? It's who's, who owns Worcester. The guy who owns the boiler people. Oh, the Worcester boiler people. The chairman's mm. Bill Bolsover. Okay. I don't know who's in. Yeah. Whatever. There's no money. It's no, yet another it's all... example of the hideously, hideously unsustainable model that professional rugby is working towards. And the point there's, there's could you know at the end of the day they're going to exhaust their supply of rich of men rich who fancy bucks. pissing money up the wall. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll come on to that in what we've learned shortly. However, <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's just, yeah. And speaking anyway. of pissing up the wall. <laughs> oh, what a link. Thank you. Speaking of pissing up the wall, yes. the Welsh Rugby Union have introduced an alcohol-free zone <laughs> in uh, Millennium Stadium. No, yeah, I'm calling it Millennium Stadium. Fuck it. Yeah. Arms Park. In the Arms Park, the big yeah. one. Less pissing up the wall and more pissing in the sink, really, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that after all of the various uh, pearl clutching, won't somebody think of the children, uh, complaints and think pieces over the last year or so about the level of drunken prickery uh, <laughs> an average international Wales international game, which, you know, I, 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 I have said on this podcast, I You've have been witnessed there. You've firsthand. been that soldier. Um. 
Yeah, and and you know it's probably smart. You know, if you don't drink or you don't want to drink during a match, or you're taking kids, and you want to, you know, not be bothered by unbearable fucking piss cans. Yeah, piss cans. Then you know, crack on. You know, it, I think it's. I don't see how it can be a bad idea. No, nothing wrong with giving people the choice, is it? No, and you know. There, there are myriad reasons why people get annoyed with people drinking at the rugby. Um, and How many people are going to try and sneak in with beer, though? People could only oh, get tickets in that section, and then they're going to try and sneak stuff shit, in. Look. It's going to be is, a nightmare, I imagine, it? I would imagine the alcohol-free tickets will go fucking like a... Well, that's the thing, because I know a lot of parents who would take their kids to a game and so wouldn't want to be surrounded by drunken louts, but then would also quite like to have a beer. So it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Look, I mean, the a, end of the day, they the W have responded, haven't they? To people, yes. to people saying, "Look, can we please just have this?" How big is the section? I don't know. I don't know. How big uh, they haven't said anything about that yet, but I mean, it's it's it can't be it can't be a bad thing, can it? Really? Let's let's see how it goes. I bet they're in the worst seats. Yeah. If you don't want to booze, get up there where you belong. It'll be tier one. Yeah, and it'll, it'll be, be tier one. Tier right one in the corner, corner at the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the back of tier one. Get back there where yeah. you bloody belong, you miserable yeah. set of bastards. Where you're yeah. effectively watching the game on telly anyway. <laughs> I went to watch the rugby league semi-final at Wembley, mm. the amazing mm. um, New Zealand-England one, for those of you who remember that, back in 2016, mm. whenever it was. No, before mm. that. But anyway, there was a bloke in front of me who's a Fijian family who spent the entire time what, recording the game on his iPad. <laughs> Oh, Not even see, on his phone, on his iPad. It was lit. He was literally watching it on television while he was watching. I I went to watch uh, to Old Trafford to watch Man United two years ago or a season ago now. It was last year actually, and there was a bloke, and we didn't have brilliant seats. We were sort of bottom tier, like two thirds of the way along the long end, and like there was a guy in front of us who literally sat there with a mobile phone filming the entire game <laughs> and for starters definitely illegal and for seconds just fucking stay at home or go to a pub like Bizarre, isn't just it? what is what is what is that mindset what is that problem i don't understand i will never understand it shall we find out things that we've been educated about the things, over these past things few what, days what we have learned things what we have learned this yes. weekend shall um, I st- here's the first one right yeah. In an ever-changing, uncertain world, yes, it's really nice to have the proper Gloucester back. <laughs> you know, it gives me a bit of comfort. It's like eating a sort of, it's like it's like eating a warm pie with mash or something. Yeah, they were worryingly competent at times this they season. They were. They were. And they, they flirted now... with it, and now it's right back to where I expect them to be. And I, for one, welcome it. Me too. I mean, they were. Pure, they were peak Gloucester on the weekend because <laughs> just, they weren't particularly bad. No, just to, yeah, they just kept getting into really good positions and then fucking it up through their own sloppiness or general shitness. And I, for one, I mean, everything feels right in the world. It does. You know. Um, one thing I've learned from the weekend, staying in the West Country, in fact, mm is that I think Bath might need to do something a bit dramatic in the summer because Todd Blackadder's has had, what, two seasons at the wreck now? Yeah, and don't forget, he had watched every single game back. 
Yeah. Before he took over, he watched every Bath game for the five years previous. So he he must know what's going wrong. As he's watched every single one, he can see that they're not any better now than he was when they (laughs) took over. In fact, they might even be worse. Like, Blackadder's one of the best coaches in the history of New Zealand domestic rugby. Bath are one of the most prestigious and historic clubs in Europe. They're bankrolled by a man with 300 million quid in the bank. There's not really any excuses for why they keep flattering to deceive. But it looks like, you know, they qualified for the Champions Cup this year. They're probably not going to do that now. And what's going to happen if they don't? Like, is Bath, like, is Blackadder yet another coach who's come up north and just hasn't managed to make it click? Or do they need to have a quiet word with him about his recruitment? Because I ain't. I don't think that Jamie Roberts and Will Chudley are going to turn him into top four contenders. On I their like own Will game. Chudley, solidly solid. Me too. Solid, I, but yeah, he's a... well, yeah, he's signed lots of solid players and basically reclamation projects from Wales. And he's done a very good job with quite a few of them. But like, I know rugby's not about signing megastars, but aside from like Falatau and Watson, you look at that Bath team and you think, how many proper world class? peak of their powers players have you got in that squad compared to Saracens or Wasps well, or... let's be honest Banahan's been probably their best player for the past two seasons that, that tells yeah, the story in that itself that says a lot doesn't it you know the problem with Anthony Watson and Falatau is that they're both away for large chunks mm. of the season Jonathan Joseph is a fucking enigma and makes no sense because I can't decide if he's good or bobbins anymore um, you know, you know... Sam Underhill's very good uh, Sat Mercer looks like he could be very good, but he's very young. Um, and you know, and those those lot... dilithium crystals inside Ali Brew, they're obviously running out of their magic, yeah. aren't they? There's only so yeah, much he start... can do. He's starting to flicker a little bit. He's starting he? to you yeah, know, flicker. Yeah. He's, the, the 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 petrol light has come on as far as Ali Brew goes. Like Superman, uh... he needs to go to that big like ice igloo thing and plug one of them <laughs> things in and repower himself, whatever it is he needs to do. I w- I dearly want Ali Brew to have a fortress of solitude. Is that what it's it... called? You see, this is yes, where this is. is why I have you on here for these nuggets. Yeah. I de- uh, can it, where would Ali Brew's fortress of solitude would sort of be in a like behind an industrial estate in. Like Mago, or like, <laughs> it would, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that, you know that big brewery on the by Mago Services yeah. is behind that. Yeah, it's, be, it's behind that. <laughs> you have to like open a padlock to get in it, and also like a yeah. rusty padlock. It's, it's next door to the Hampton by Hilton. Uh, it looks like a scene from Life on Mars. <laughs> Not the David Bowie version. No. Um, so yeah, I, I just think. What are they doing there? You know, Bruce Craig is a ridiculously wealthy man. And you can't help but think that he's going to get bored of this shit eventually. Throwing money at Bath and getting exactly the same return. I think he likes being Mr. Bath. It's very much part of his brand. That's the difference. It's a bit like Nigel Ray with Saracens. It's the other people who are not a huge part of a club's brand but pay the money. The ones who are behind the scenes. You know what I mean? He wants to... What else did I learn this weekend then? <laughs> Penalty tries for going sideways are not very nice, as we found in the Cheetahs Blues game. Well, I learned, I was going to say I learned that their f- penalty tries of, uh, from scrums are awkward and subjective beasts, to say the least. Here's a question, Be- right? Yes. Here's a question. What is one of the most technical parts of the game that you might need some kind of analysis of? 
Uh, well, it's probably the scrum. The scrum, it? right? Yeah. And I, you know me, I'm not big on, you know, expanding the scope of the TMO. Mm-hmm. But I find it remarkable that the most technical part of the game does not have any kind it's of TMO input whatsoever. It's fucking mad, isn't it? They've got that spider cam over the top of it. Yeah. Why the ref? Because it's collapsed anyway. The game's over. Why the ref yeah. can't go? It looked like he was going in sideways there. What, can I have the spider cam picture, please? Or let yeah. me know. Yeah. And actually, oh yeah, so he is. But instead, that's all done like that. Mm. Bam, 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 bam. Decisions made. No, you know me. I'm yeah. not. I'm not it's big the, on the TMO, it's, but it's really it's odd. If, it's if curious. We're TMO for one thing. Why? Why are we not TMOing the one thing where it's fucking impossible yeah. to see? When it. you literally can't and see the other side of the yeah. fucking scrum, if yeah. you're a ref. And also where the game stopped anyway. Yeah, that's the other so, thing. You're going to waste 10 minutes yeah. anyway. Why not? Yeah. Like, it's... it's. Oh. Or why can't you have a TMO live ref in the scrum with the ref in mm. his ear? Because, yeah. you know, you can just get the spider cam over the top, can't you? To, he knows yeah. it's going to happen. Like, it's... No, because the, the thing with that Cardiff thing, I get why Cardiff fans are furious, because it looked like a very marginal call. It was a hugely marginal call. But at the same time, it was their eighth pen in succession. Yeah. <laughs> but... But you, have, but, yeah, but you have to rule each pen on what exactly, is happening in front of you. And surely a penalty try should only be awarded when you infringe to stop, like to stop a probable try. And um, that scrum was a fucking mess. Yeah, and they were still the quite one... a way away from the line. Yeah, that the one that they actually finally flagged it for, like both sides looked like they were infringing. The thing had just turned into a complete... Nobody was going over from there. Like... I honestly don't think it should have been a penalty try, but like, and I think dominant the, the scrums probably have done it three or four tro- like pens before then, because and... when you've got to eight penalties, <laughs> fuck that shit, <laughs> fucking <laughs> award a penalty try. And dominant like... scrums as well seem to be deliberately wheeling themselves to win a oh. penalty. I mean, obviously they don't want to hold the position. I don't oh think yeah, so. I think that's because nobody's real a dominant scrums in inverted commas these days because scrummaging is such a fucking like peripheral part mess. of the game now and a fucking it's mess it's actually a lot better than it was let's not forget if you yeah, go back 18 months it it really oh, was a fucking mess but actually but it's much better like, now but yeah I don't think the technique like the general level of technique is good enough to actually for eight blokes to scrummage straight and clean over a try line or you know over the ball to, enough to win a penalty so they they're trying to do all sorts of shortcuts and little cheaty things to basically look like it's going that way. Yeah, well, it was then... ever thus, I suppose. Well, it, it yeah, was ever thus, indeed. But it, it does, even when they're utterly dominant, it doesn't seem like there's a great deal of... You don't see... Remember that England-Argentina game? Oh, last... yeah. Oh. <laughs> when it was still for 22 seconds. Yeah. And if you said to somebody, 22 seconds is not a very long time, is it? Well, you yeah. watch a stationary <laughs> scrum for 22 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> You feel like you could go like make a three course meal and come back. Yeah, and last thing you don't see that very often anymore. Like it's it's yeah. Oh well, that was beautiful. They did just hold it. That was proper old school, wasn't it? It Certainly was. Um, What else did we learn? uh, Staying on the uh, multi-millionaire plaything theme. Yes. Of um, I learned that. Well. It might be second time lucky for Bristol, or it might not. Mm-hmm. Bristol back in the Premiership, of course. They won the Championship, uh, thanks to them demolishing Nottingham on Friday night and Ealing losing at Bedford on Saturday. And like they came up with a big wage budget and big expectations last time, as you will remember. Yep. And they fluffed it and went straight back down. 
But you look at that fucking team they've got this time and you think, honestly, this time, serious, like, the, presumably kicking off their campaign next year, Bristol will, you know, injury permitting, etc. Bristol will be fielding a team that contains deep breath. Sione Tonguia, Harry Thacker, John Afoa, Ali Muldowney, Jack Lamb, Jake Heenan, Stephen Luatua, Nick Sturziger, Ian Madigan, Tusi PC, Luke Morahan, oh, and Charles fucking Pieter. <laughs> like, can I just give you extra bonus points for saying Ian Madigan's name properly? Thank you. I was really conscious of that. <laughs> Going to have to get back into that. Um, yeah, that's a proper fucking team. And it should be good enough to, like, stay up. But that's a team Bath should have. <laughs> Yeah, at least well, half yeah. of those players should be playing for Bath yeah, if you're going to go for the prestige and all that stuff. Arguably more fucking stars in that Bristol team than there are in the Bath team. It's mad, and it's and that's before whoever the fuck you know they decide to sign once the Super Rugby season finishes. You know, there's, there's inevitably going to be some fucking ridiculous multi-million dollar out. Like, I know Charles Piatau is is earning a million quid a year or whatever fuck mental shit it is, but. <laughs> You know, Steve Lansdowne is a literal billionaire. And and again, he's, he's attached a lot of his personal brand to this club, hasn't to, he? To Bristol and, yeah, and Bristol sport in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's another season where Bristol City are unlikely to make it to the Prem. So it's, you know, he will go all in as he did last time. And but then saying that... We started the season, we looked at that London Irish squad and we thought, fucking hell, they look too stocked to go down. And look at well, how they had some big forwards, didn't they? But other than that, it yeah. was. Uh... And I, I know, but the other thing that I think they've got is they've got fucking Pat Lamb coaching them, who, you know, let's not forget, pretty good coach. A bit better than Jonathan Thomas. <laughs> yeah, although he's still there, John Thomas. He's. Uh, Did he take he's... over in the caretaker capacity when Mr. Um, no Eyes disappeared finally? Uh, no, he John Thomas uh, did. He's now the forwards. Co- he's been the defence coach, and now he's the forwards coach. That was it. Like, you're yes. going nowhere near the fucking defence ever again. <laughs> Never. Get up there ever. with the forwards where you belong, and just get working on rocks or something. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 it's. Okay, they, that's the amount of money that that squads. You know, we're talking about fucking Worcester having an eight million quid loss this year. Bristol's loss is going to fucking piss on that <laughs> next year. It really is. I mean, that's, that's just, we should have like a running table of who's lost the most money this year. <laughs> but, you know, it is. You know, Bristol are, are going to be lucky to get, you know, eight 9,000 to games next year. They, Steve Lansdowne will be footing a monster bill next season. But he doesn't give a shit. He's basically said he's happy to do that until Bristol are, you know, challenging for the Champions Cup. I think, again, he's attached his personal brand to getting that club to where Mm -hmm. he wants it to be. The thing is, I think that's like when you look with Saracens, when they've got to where it's supposed to be, the owners have kind of gone, meh. You know, the 50% owners have gone, meh, I think I'll just leave that now, thanks. Yeah, whereas Lansdowne, it's a personal, you know, it's a personal pride thing for, you know, being a Bristol man and Bristol being yes. so shit at sport in all facets, even well, though it should be better, in, yeah, because it's a yeah. big city and all that. It's a big city and it has no sporting goodness to speak of. Although he lives in Jersey, so you know. Sales Sharks Wasp was a blinder, wasn't it, on Friday? <laughs> it was. It was. Have you seen game, how many? Have you seen how many tries Josh Charlie scored since he immediately <laughs> went back to rugby league? He's immediately <laughs> shit scored shit loads of tries. Yeah. 
immediately. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a mad game. And proof that Wasps are not going to win the Premiership this year by some no. distance. They... It's been a funny old season. It's been a very It's been funny a funny old season. season, everyone below the top three, really. Or the yeah. top two, it's just been odd. Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, even Saracens have had it. But outside of Exeter, everyone's had a fucking weird season. Yeah. One way or the other. Yeah, Either Exeter have had a couple of blips, luck. but they've had no weird periods, haven't yeah. they? Which... Whereas Saracens had that horrible bit where they'd lost six games and then they fucking whimpered out of the Champions Cup. You know, they're just... They, who knows what's going on with them? Saints have been terrible. Falcons have been surprisingly good. Irish, I mean, that's the the only team that hasn't had a surprising season is Irish, who've been shit. <laughs> Fully and, expected, yeah. Yeah. And Worcester, who've been quite shit as well. So, yeah, it's it's been a weird year. It's, it it's, yeah, it's been odd, yeah. Where, mm. What else did we learn, other than it's a weird year? Uh, I learned that um, Dan Bigger might be the most OCD man in the history of the world. Explain. It was revealed this week, well, yeah, today, in fact, uh, that um, Bigger has been using the same kicking tee since he was 14 years old. Not the same brand, not the same type. The actual tee. The tea. actual same kicking tee since he was 14 years old. Please playing for tell fucking... me. That people have regularly hidden it from him just to see <laughs> I, I, what is it. They only, must have done. Hope so. Because yeah, he he started using it when he was playing for fucking Gasine and Juniors, and every single one of the two thousand odd points he scored for Ospreys and Wales has been using that single. Like how he hasn't left that in a stadium changing room or fought. Like he must be the most organised, obsessive man in history about that. Because the reason in the end. It actually fell apart. It disintegrated <laughs> because it's he's That's had it for fourteen. Was it a particular years. shape or something, or was it? What was it? Just apparently, yeah. It was just a thing. He couldn't find one like it, and he's tried using other ones, and he couldn't find one that felt right. So he just kept using this same one, and uh, not too long ago, it actually just finally fucking fell apart and disintegrated, and he was a bit gutted. But um, so the WRU got in touch with Cardiff University. I was going to say, this screams a Dan Bigger endorsement deal for some well, company yes. somewhere. They've, they 3D printed him an exact replica of the original. Um, but they, they basically taped it back together, taken a 3D scan of it, and then made one out of exactly the same material. And he was saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's really good. It's got all the, like, wear. It's got all the wear in the same places as the original one and all the little bits. That it's like, mate, you are insane. He's like, it's not a sentimental thing. It's like, it definitely is. You're a lunatic. <laughs> like, Truly, we are living in the future. 3D printing. Yeah, uh... 3D printing kicking teeth. And he's what like, would oh, he have yeah, done printed... in the days where you had to dig your heel in the ground and twist it round and then kick it in with your foot? He'd have had to like cut that yeah. piece of turf up and then sort of uh, like... He'd have, been a, he'd have been a Neil Jenkins, you know, Sandman. immaculate... Immaculate sand sculpture, man. But he'd have had to, it would have taken him 10 minutes and he'd have been there with a fucking palette knife just sort of <laughs> carving it into exactly the right shape. He used to run on with a bucket of sand, didn't they, for Neil Jenkins? Oh, I used to love that shit. See, up every, about two foot high on sand. Every kid I knew in school would kick with sand. And who in the was Neil it? Jenkins was it era. When was it when everyone started tilting the ball forwards instead of back? Grant Fox started, didn't he? 
It was something, it might like, have been, yeah, it was something yeah. like seeing the contact point in the ball, wasn't it? Rather than being hidden by the angle of the ball or something. And now every fucker tints it forward because it, it does well, make a lot of sense. Honestly, yeah, it yeah. really does make a lot of sense. Yeah, but maybe people didn't think of it before. Right well, then, what else did we learn? I learned that um, Exeter's lack of injuries could be the difference in the Prem this season because Phil Dolman aside, they've basically, with Jack Noel coming back on the weekend, They've basically got a clean bill of health for their squad going into the run-in, which is fucking remarkable mm. at this point of the season, given the rigours of modern rugby. And you've got to say, it's a testament to Rob Baxter, his use of rotation and the strength and conditioning in the medical team down at the Chiefs, I guess. I mean, obviously, Mike Bubbins left a, a massive legacy there. He did when he and, was conditioning uh, coach down there, yeah. Yeah, and they've obviously carried that on. So, uh, yeah, none of Exeter's rivals are going to be nearly as healthy. When he had them all doing, you know... Curls followed by musking up. That was yeah, a... yeah. I I would have expected that that entire strength and conditioning room was just soundtracked by nineteen seventies television themes. Had yeah. nothing but bullseye on the telly, and just smelled of brute, reeking of brute and liniment. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I think Exeter are probably going to win the Premier game this season, and in large part, it will probably be because they're just healthier than everybody else. What else did we learn from the weekend? I learned, and we've talked about this a bit already, but there's something very wrong at Harlequins, I think. It's easy to blame John Quinn Kingston, well, but really there's is. something rotten there. Players don't seem to want to play. They don't seem to sign many big players anymore. It's for a big somebody, club. A couple of guys on Twitter. Of cash. I'm going to nick what the conversation on Twitter between Reese Knott and somebody else's name. I can't remember now. I'm sorry. Basically saying that they also have this strange academy system where it seems to spurt out a lot of quality at once, then nothing happens for about seven years. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, oh, yeah, I've never noticed that before, but you're probably right, yeah. There is a bit of that, isn't it? It's it's just I don't understand it. I don't Could they should be understand. a really appealing club for people as well, you know, right in the middle of London and all that kind of stuff. It should be something that people want to play for. It's, it's just one of those things where they're a massive club. They're a historic club. They're in London. They've got loads of money. Uh, they've got some good players in that squad. Michelle Rue goes to watch them. What more do Michelle you Michelle Rue goes I mean? to watch them. With all that um, money he's taken off his waiters, the tight get. Yeah. <laughs> the prick. <laughs> um, yeah, like it should be one of the most attractive clubs to play for. Yeah, maybe it's the shirt. Maybe it it's could that be as simple board, as that. That, that, that Harlequin. That fundamentally gomping shirt. <laughs> I played for Cardiff Harlequins. I can testify that as much as I love the club, it would, the shirts are gomping. Yeah, it's not a good look, the Harlequin look. Quarter shirts, look, we get it. It's historic. They look fucking dreadful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I don't. They should be a lot better than they are. And they kind of were for a little while. You know, they were... Bloodgate era, they were, mm, you know, mm. winning stuff. You know, they won the premiership. They they nearly Maybe cheated that's what their it is. Ways. Maybe this is just all karma. Maybe. This is Maybe what it, it this is. is what happens. Yeah. Maybe they've blown all of their money on Marcus Smith and they can't afford anyone else. <laughs> that one contract, yeah. Yeah. You better keep improving, Sunbeam, because basically we are signing <laughs> the scraps from Ealing Trail Finders for the next you. three months, for the next three years. This is all on you, mate. <laughs> He does look good, though, doesn't he? He looks very good. I do feel like he's going to get broken in half at some point, but probably. But if that, he can you know, stay that's in one character piece, building. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
Did you learn anything else on the weekend? Uh, I learned that the Ospreys are better without Sean Holly than they uh, without Steve Tandy than they were with You've him. You just learned that. <laughs> Didn't I've learned that for quite some time. I knew that before. To be honest, Ulster um, beat yeah. Edinburgh this weekend. How bad? Did, you know, Austin, I'm Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh have had a bad couple of weeks, haven't they? No, it's not gone well for them, has it? And Ulster suddenly looked like a team again, which of course coincides with them playing the Ospreys at home next. So I'm delighted by that. Uh, yeah. So there the you Pro go. 14 is, the Pro, I tell you what, the Pro 14 is actually quite good this year. I didn't see think after all that. of our poo-pooing at the beginning of the season. Yeah. The the conference thing has actually added, and the expanded playoff has actually added a certain degree of, you know, except for the Dragons, <laughs> it's added, and the Kings. And the Kings, obviously, yes. It's, it's added a certain frisson of excitement to the end of season, which, uh, you know, even though we're not getting anywhere near it, we're still mathematically in the chance of getting in the Champions Cup. So it's like, oh. And that Conference B is good. I mean, if you leave the Dragons of the Kings aside, even Benetton have won 10 games. Yeah, even Zebra have managed to knock four out. I tell you what, Zebra are not are knocking on the fucking door of getting a Champions Cup place, which is mad. Benetton, you mean? Uh, yeah, and it's 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 mm. it's unthinkable from a year ago. You yeah, know? fair play to them. There you go. The, yes. re- the last thing I've learned is that the race for fourth looking quite exciting in the Premiership. Those last That's playoff true, places actually. are looking Newcastle pretty sort of tasty. fucked that up a little bit, haven't they? And all of a sudden, the door's open for sale. I put some money on Worcester to win that game. I had a feeling. Really? Oh, and oh. I won. You know why I won? Why did you win? Because I didn't, no, you know why I won? Because I didn't, didn't say it out loud. Uh, if I'd have said it out oh. loud, Worcester yeah. would have lost. I'm yeah, learning this. Not... It's like Candyman. That is absolutely true. Not the song by Sammy Davis Jr., the horror film. No, you say his name or, the somber, or the song by Christina Aguilera. Was it Christina Oh, Aguilera? yeah, that was Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Hey. It wasn't the same as... It wasn't a redo of the Sammy Davis Jr. one, though. I hope so. Who can take a rainbow? That was a no, Sammy Davis Jr. No, it wasn't, no, wasn't it that, that one. one. No, she was sweet chalk and sugar-coated candy man, wasn't she? That's the one, indeed. It was about Which... Ugo Monia, that. <laughs> that you, hey, did you hear how that why it had a whoop whoop bit in it did you hear how whoop whoop harlequins he was at the weekend by the way yeah. oh he was carried <laughs> away i love it when you go gets he, he gets his blood up when he's commentating now that we've kind of just accepted him for what he is <laughs> you know now that we've accepted that he is a hideously biased cheerleader for his old club. It is quite funny. There's no doubt about it. So, he is quite I heard Nick Mullins get interviewed by JB, and Nick Mullins just said, mm. oh, you know, I'm sure we all agree that Hugo is one of the great, now become one of the great rugby broadcasters. It's like, no, he hasn't. He's sweet enough, and he's a bit of a laugh, but no, he really isn't one of the great rugby broadcasters. <laughs> yeah, what is wrong for, with you? For all, for, all, for all of his, yeah, no, just... Less, and I'm, less. I don't think I don't even think he's rubbish, but it's just just calm down. Do you know what I mean? No, let's 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 tame our hyperbole just like ten percent, please, for the love of God. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party, and bad ones, like realizing you're so old you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply.
Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting because at Nissan we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan Leaf Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan Leaf and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs. Now that's the power of zero. Find out more at nissan.ie. Should we do shit good? Are we doing shit watch first? Or oh, yes. basically say the dragons have still got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see though, see though, we know the Challenge Cup is a cruel mistress, but sometimes it really does feel like it's toying with us a little bit, doesn't it? You know, it toying does. with our emotions. <laughs> the Dragons look absolutely fucked, down 26-6 at half time, and then they made a like Lazarus-like comeback to lead 27-26, uh, away to Zebra, I should say, uh, with 80 minutes on the clock only for Tito Zabaldi to smack a penalty over with the clock in the red to condemn the yet another defeat and another week with a cup. It's horrible. <laughs> it's that just was... pure dragons in it. Nothing goes their coming way back, at all. Coming back from 20 points down to be leading with the clock in the red and then fucking losing it. Who'd have thought that just, you know, simply removing Newport from the title wouldn't wouldn't herald a brave new dawn? Yeah, funny that. Sorry, that was it was a way to Treviso, not a way to Zebra. It was um, a way to Treviso. I didn't want to correct yes, you again. It, it seemed churlish of me, but no, that's fine. And uh, Zebra away next is where I got confused there. So, uh, and yeah. if they don't pull out a win there, it's beating the Scarlets at Principality Stadium on Judgment. They've got Day. it all summer again. Oh yes, They'll this be... is across two competitions now. There's a there's a point at which you have to just accept the way the world is meant to see the dragons. Yeah. As Kid Rock once said, they'll be holding the CPC all summer long. <laughs> it's one of the worst songs ever written. I don't know why I ever quoted it. Is that the one that's Sweet Home Alabama? But in yes, rapping? it's an absolute fucking abortion of a song. <laughs> and is It was summertime in northern Michigan, that one. Right? God, live, it is that one. Why <laughs> we did I were trying that? different things. And smoking Ugh. funny things. That one, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it's that one. Genuinely. Yeah, you want to see the face that Josh is pulling every time I sing a live of this song. musical hate crime, that song. <laughs> right then, that brings us in. Speaking <laughs> that brings us into the shit good ratings. <laughs> I feel, where should we start? Should we do good first? Ooh, just to sort of lighten ooh, the mood. Just to put the trend out. I like it, okay. Good for me, Jack Willis for, ba- for Wasps. Yes. The yeah, flanker. he's looked very, looks looks very good this season, full stop, to be honest. I think uh, of, he turned over quite a few bits. Sale didn't lose many rooks of the weekend, but the ones they did were usually down to him. Mm. No, he looks like a, a, a talent, to be honest. Um, good for me was Reach Patchell. Uh, Reach Patchell? <laughs> Reach Patchell. Reach, Reach Patchell. <laughs> sounds like an American sort of IndyCar driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and coming out of turn four, it's Reach Patchell. <laughs> Reach, he's either an IndyCar driver or like an astronaut. <laughs> Commander Reach Patchell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> True. Uh, yes, no, he's just a lanky ginger bloke. Um, scored two very different tries on Saturday to put the Warriors to bed. Um, I loved his little running back style spin move to like burst over the line for so the first one. It was, it was very nice. It. He did a little spin move and just, but it was some fucking dog shit Glasgow tackling, it must be said. But um, yeah, he remains the best 10 in Wales this season. Um, and looks at it almost every facet I, of the game. I've said this. I think they need to nail their colours to that mast. I genuinely, I think, and just I accept really the fact hope... that give him a run and let him do yeah. 
things no, are going to the fact go he's, well. the, he's the requisite level and let him get on yeah. with it. Yeah, like I profoundly hope that Gatlin gives him a run at, at the shirt in the summer in the games against Argentina and South Africa because fucking hell, why not? If not now, when? Because um, Dan Bigger's going to get the summer off anyway, so they might as well give him a crack. Andy and Brum on Twitter got in touch at Blood and Mud, and he said, good, it was Leicester's number eight shimmy for his second try. It was O'Driscoll-esque. Well, Siona Calamaphoni in general, to be honest, um, it's not often that Falatau gets totally outplayed by his opposite number, <laughs> but uh, the big Tongan absolutely did that on, on Saturday in all facets of the game, and that his step around Falatau for the try was uh, wicked, I believe, is the... And he's got two. Is the vernacular that the young people yeah, use? It's not often that Falato misses a tackle, but he got abs. You know, it was phone box level space. Yeah, and he got absolutely fucking schooled. And yeah, you know, everyone has a an off day, even a player as good as Falato. And yeah, Callum Phoney was excellent, really good. Um, any more good yes, for you? good for me. Plenty of good. Max Deegan. Because mm-hmm. fuck off, a Leinster allowed to have another fucking <laughs> massively promising fucking back rower. <laughs> but yes, ah, number eight scored a couple of tries against Zebra and generally looked like, of course, he's going to push on for fucking honour soon. Fuck's sake, of course Do you know he did. That there's, um, you know, there's that factory somewhere in one of the states of South Africa, somewhere in I don't know, the old Free State or something. Yeah. where they manufacture massive, incredibly terrifying second-row players. <laughs> Absolutely. And just yeah. get brought out every couple of years. <clears throat> yes. I'm assuming that somewhere, you know, yes. near Dundalk or something, yes. there is some there is some factory just churning out these fucking horrifically talented... Not horrifically talented if you're, if you're Irish. I imagine you're quite happy, but for the rest yeah. of us, it's a worry. Well, There's a it's... Westworld-type operation going on somewhere in County Roscommon. Yeah, I believe you it's... You heard it uh, here first. I believe it's St. Mary's College <laughs> is the place where they all come from. I think it's that anyway. You'll have to forgive me if I've got my Irish feeder clubs wrong. But um, yes. Not Black Rock College the, or some other kind no, of college. No, I think it's St. Mary's, but I could be wrong about that. But wherever it is, it's where they're all fucking coming from. And I think they should probably test the water in that school <laughs> for like fucking radioactive shit or whatever it is that makes Superman good. Like, Speaking of back rows, Magnus Bradbury's back. Yeah. Remember when he a was good... a thing coming through? And actually, <clears throat> I, I do remember when he was a thing. I hope he still becomes a thing because him at six, because Barkley won't last forever, him at six Yo. and the Mish and then somebody else at eight would be quite some back row. It would be. Uh, I, to, to tell you, it was actually very good. Even a little, Ryan Wilson. I enjoyed Ryan Wilson and John Barkley forgetting that they're friends and <laughs> just being fucking horrible bastards to them for the entirety of the game on on the weekend. They were just every ruck, every bit of niggle, every little bit of afters. It was like, you guys are really good friends. You go on holiday together and you're just trying to fucking take each other's heads off. But uh, yes, I, uh, it's like you forget that Magnus Bradbury's only twenty-two. Yes, but like very, uh, yeah, he, he could like still definitely become a thing Absolutely. if he can. Hope he does. I like the look of him. Lying in bed just like Ryan Wilson did. That's definitely going to be a song that uh, I do. Bare yeah. naked ladies yeah. redux. Yeah. Why not? I mean, 
we've got to give these literally only about maker. three people who listen will probably know the song yeah. but that doesn't matter but, but those are the sort of three people who will be paying for our Patreon thing. So, you know, they will get the exclusive access to Lee's full <laughs> debut solo album. I've got so. a few lined up. I've got uh, Crab to Me, <laughs> to the tune of Solomon Burke's Cry to Me. Yeah. I've got Lying in Bed Like Ryan Wilson Did. Yeah. Something about Harry Thacker. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll get there. Please suggest we'll get... anything. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. work, I'll literally work on anything. No matter, yeah, even if it's a lot of shit, I'll still do it. He is basically the Tin Pan Alley of, of <laughs> yes. rugby songs. He, you know, it's you, like Denmark you Street in London yeah. in the 60s, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else have we got that's good? Uh, Halka Rich on Twitter got in touch and he said, good, we've talked about this already. Bristol back in the Premiership. Also, David Lemmy's Bristol career generally. You've got to love Indeed. a bit of David Lemmy, haven't you? Oh, I love Still, the best, his try that he scored against Bath when it was probably a depressing number of years ago now. Um in the Premiership at the Old Memorial Stadium, still probably the best individual try I've ever seen in the flesh. I always say that whenever David Lemmy's mentioned. But yes, a ridiculously good player who probably should have played for like better teams than he did. He had a couple of years at he played for Bristol, obviously, and he had a couple of years at Wasps hmm. when Wasps were shit. Um, he had a couple of years at Glasgow when they weren't very good. He, he, you know, in a very good team, he could have scored an absolute hat full of tries. If um, Tom Vondell yes. can do it. <laughs> well, has anyone else noticed how Tom Vondell, who signed for the Scarlets, don't forget? We never did talk about that. We did. Oh, did the we? other week, I said, this is yeah. what happens when you, you know, signs, when they lost two weeks ago. That's what happens yes, when you sign. Yes. They, they signed Tom Vondell, and obviously they lost that game where Tom Vondell played, <laughs> and Tom Vondell has not played since. He's been disappointed. <laughs> Even being in the 23, I don't, I think they've basically just said, yeah, I can understand why you're not getting a game at championship level now, Tom, on your way. Um, so, yeah, yeah, good for him. Uh, rugby Roo-Roo. No, Rugby Rugby Roo. Or Rugby Rugby Raw on Twitter. <laughs> Got in touch. And he said, good, is Tom Dunn, uh, Bathhooker Tom Dunn, looking yes. like he should be playing Southwest Division 1, if you look yeah. at him, but playing yeah. like he should be starting for England. One of the few bright sparks in the Bath uh, pantheon. He's he's had an excellent season and and is you know it's yet another young English hooker that looks better than Dylan Hartley at the moment. <laughs> this is it's, getting boring now. The queue the queue is now kind of festival toilet level, isn't it? It's, it's getting <laughs> it, it's just silly now. Uh, have you got any other good stuff? Uh, yeah, a couple of bits and bobs. Uh, Chris Pennell was very good for Worcester. Oh, uh, I like Chris Pennell. Yeah, I like Chris Pennell. Long-range goal-kicking, general reliability, massive part of why they managed to get that big win over Falcons. And with Irish winning at, at Quinns, that could have really <laughs> it's like, made things. See, it's another nice, now you fucking try. What is wrong yeah, with you? That's the thing. It's like If they hadn't won that game with Irish winning at Quinns, that could have reignited the whole fucking relegation race thing. So, yeah, he's been massive for Worcester this season. Um, and my final good, really, is it's, it's just it's a happy day for me. Okay. It's, it's a happy time because I get to rekindle my deep and abiding love for David Pocock. Oh, he's back, he's back, isn't he? He's yeah. back, baby. And that year off has done him no harm at all. I mean, it's probably done poachers a lot of harm. <laughs> um, it's certainly done conservation. And people who aren't right thinking, he's put yeah, them to task wrong, as well. Yeah, and people who don't like the gays, that's he's, he's done those harm. Is any, but, any, anything on that this week? 
People not like gay I think, people. I think, I think we'll come to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, back in a Brumby shirt and instantly looks like the best open side on the planet again. Uh, it, it's quite nice, really, because in an era where open sides are supposed to be Michael Hooper or Justin Tipperich or, mm. you know, the dynamic, the ball playing, the link play, blah, 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 we blah. We all blah. want to see players like that, don't we? We do. However, David Pocock is not that. David Sorry, Pocock. I meant we all want to see players like David Pocock. Sorry. Yeah, I want to see David Pocock be a fucking bastard for 80 minutes. <laughs> and that is basically what he did with yeah. the Reds. Be the sort <laughs> of rugby version of the Ebola virus all over yeah. your rook. Just physical, dominant, destructive, yeah. just ruining everything that the opposition tries to do. That's what I want from my fucking open side. And, yeah, he does it all while looking like a cartoon character, which, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Is any more good? Are we done? Uh, one that, a rare good, a rare good mm-hmm. for Matthew Morgan. <laughs> yes, remember, swing door, yes. In, swing door in defence. He may be, but he reminded everybody what an absolutely fucking irresistible attacking force he is. I'm inspiring. not. I feel like and, I'm being disloyal to Minotti by giving any kind of credit to Matthew Morgan, and I'm not willing to go there. <laughs> quite frankly, although like ethically, Minotti, it's not. It doesn't sit yeah. comfortably with me. There's a lot of common, you know, because ultimately Matthew Morgan is being brilliant attacking-wise and flaky defensively in an ultimately doomed cause. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, Oxy defence is all right, though. A lot of blood and thunder about him. Yes, he at least tries. Yeah. Bless him. Matthew Morgan gave up, gave up trying when it became apparent that Wales weren't going to pick him at 10. He gave up trying when he realised they didn't make any difference. No, that's it. I might as well there's not only, try because the, so out, much good the outcome is the same. So, yeah. five foot more four man trying to tackle six foot four man, and five foot four man not really trying to tackle six yes. foot four man. It's about the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I call this one the doormat. Yeah, but it's um. I so, call this the slightly more protesting doormat. <laughs> I call this one the broken deck chair. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so we do shit. Yes. Uh, Squire Low Output got in touch on Twitter. Thank you very much, Apple and Mud. And he said, shit, was John Kingston at Harlequins? Yes, we've gone to that. But he said, good that he's leaving yeah. at the end of the season. I suppose for Harlequins fans, but I said, I think there's something bigger than the coach going on there, as we've already yeah. said. Uh, anything that's shit from your end of the uh, world? Anybody playing 10 for Glasgow? <laughs> anybody? Finn Russell was fucking appalling in the first half. And then the apparently stabilising influence of Peter Horn came on in the second half. And was worse. Like, kicks out on the full, dreadful passes, general. Sh- like, he got an off. It was a nice offload for the Warriors one try, but, like, honestly, I hope Glasgow have a plan for that 10 shirt next year. Because I'm not sure Rory Jackson or Peter Horn are going to be league winning options for them. Rob Warlow got in touch on Twitter and said, shit, was Pete. He said, Horn, what is he good for? Absolutely nothing. I hope that you're singing well, Rob. Say it again. Horn! Good God! Good God, y'all! Testify, Edwin. Fucking testify. I what a song that is, by want the way. This to become a new Glasgow Terrace chant, by the way. Glasgow if it's not already, it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I generally fan. Like, actually, no, this could become an Edinburgh chant. 
obviously, because mm. Glasgow fans aren't going to say that Peter Horn's shit. Oh, of course, yes, yes, yes. But yes. Edinburgh fans, if you're listening, next time there's a derby, you you can ta- you can have that one. Edwin Very Starr, he of yes. war and general amazing deep black soul person. Uh-huh. You do know that he lived his life in Mansfield. <laughs> I did he not ended up living that. and dying in Mansfield. God, what a depression. And he used to play loads. He used to play Rubens, the club in Lee, the town of Lancashire where I came from. That was basically right. his life. Another one you won't believe. Do you remember Kid Creole of Kid Creole and the Coconuts? Yes. From the 80s, Stool Pigeon yeah. and all that. Annie, I'm not your daddy, all that stuff. Yeah. He ended up living in Ermston in Manchester. Huh? So the dichotomy between the kind of glamour and funk and Ermston. Yeah, from the Bronx to <laughs> Although, Manchester. Yeah, Ermston is where the River Mersey starts. I tell you, wow. you don't get this fucking pearls of of trivia on other rugby podcasts. You genuinely. You know why? Don't. Because they talk about rugby. Yeah, and we talk about <laughs> anything other than rugby. One hit wonders, <laughs> damn right, and Kid Rock for some reason. <laughs> I'd rather have Kid Creole or the Coconuts than Kid Rock, let me tell you. Fucking tell me about it. (laughs) Fucking testify, Edwin, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, where else were we in terms of shit? Have you got anything else? Uh, Ali Price's memory, that's one shit, because I know pro athletes aren't supposed to let, like, mistakes linger in the brain, but come on. (laughs) He literally did the exact same risky flat pass from the base of the ruck as he did against Wales in exactly the same place. And Gareth Davis read it again and picked it off in exactly the same place and ran it all the way back in again and scored in exactly the same. Literally, I, if you could put the two videos on top of one another, I'm not sure there'd be any difference. Like, I get it, but come on, man. Like, watch a bit of film. Don't do that again. Lawrence Hooper got in touch on Twitter and he said shit was not just Northampton, but also Bath and Harlequins. And he said, to be, this is an interesting point, this. He said, to be honest, the Premiership is already ring fence, basically. Because of Worcester. Yeah. So they have money, security and structures already. So what's the excuse? Because this whole point about there being no relegation, isn't it? And we made the, we have yeah. made this point before ourselves as well, is that, well, actually, who actually is going to get relegated? I mean, in all honesty, yeah. Northampton might do next year. They don't book their ideas up. Right. But that whole thing about, oh, well, you don't have to fight against relegation, they don't really. No. They, they, could, they, they could build a team of young people and play some expressive rugby without fear of fucking going down. Because there'll always be somebody who's going to go down. But yeah. isn't them. Yeah, and also, even if they went down, as Bristol have now proved, you just yeah. spend a load of money and... I just F- keep your players off. and come back up. Yeah, you're back up next year. It's not fucking rocket science. Especially when you're being bankrolled by people who lose shit loads of money anyway. What difference does it make? Yeah. Anyway. it's it's Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point. But um, speaking of Saints, actually, mm. holy shit, Saints. <laughs> They've played Saracens four times this season and they've conceded 50-plus every single time. Mother of God. <laughs> Nick Groom, the scrum-off, left Saints with immediate effect last week to join up the Lions in Super Rugby and apparently the rest of his teammates thought, oh, that's the se- Nick's left, boys. That's the season over then, is it? <laughs> Fucking hell. I, Chris Boyd is a very good coach and they've got, they've got money and they've got infrastructure and they've got a supporter and all heritage and all that. But fuck me, Chris Boyd has got a job on next year. <laughs> I love the idea, you know. It was Saracen's just just been knocked out of Europe, have you, lads? Yeah. Well, don't worry, you can give us a paste anyway. We don't mind. You, we'll make you feel better. Give you a nice little it's push towards the playoffs, yeah? It's effectively like when you're in primary school 
and somebody's got a doctor's appointment and their mother comes home and picks them up from school early. That's Nick Groom, effectively. And the rest of the Saints squad has gone, Sir, Nick's got to go home early. And Nick said he wasn't well, that he got home and he seems fine. <laughs> yeah, he's eating ice cream and watching fucking <laughs> exactly. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Or going it is. going for gold with Henry Cavill. Henry that was <laughs> yeah, probably it before. Be before kids' TV started. Of course it, it would have been, yeah. Or blockbusters. <laughs> David Tweediatrix, long time listener. Hello, David, on Twitter, came on and said, uh, shelf shit nomination. He said, I listened to another rugby podcast for the first time, he said, and nobody yes. at any point dropped the C bomb. Wow. Which was very wow. disappointing. <laughs> very disappointing. Oh, very yeah, disappointing. I think I dropped the C bomb as well at some point. I think I caught, I think I accused something of being a cunt trick, but you were basically, <laughs> but you were far more like really quite direct with it last week, weren't you? Uh, yes. It was about I, racist, I... though. What else are you going to call them? Well, yeah. Speaking of which, okay. shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Strap yourselves uh, in. Yeah. Um, what I'll tell you what is shit is Israel Falau's determination to make non-bigoted, normal, right-thinking rugby fans, such as everybody else, uh, really struggle to enjoy what is undoubtedly his stratospheric levels of talent. Mm. Like, you're entitled to your shit opinions, mate. Anybody is enjoy, have them, but like if you could just keep the massive homophobia to yourself, it would mean the rest of us can feel a little bit less grubby when we enjoy watching you play. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't believe in hell, and I've said this on Twitter this week. Do they? I don't think you no. believe in hell, do you, Josh? But the uh, yeah. the and somebody said, you I, know, so I why... don't believe in hell. <laughs> Which I mean, so why know. does it? You know, why does it matter that he's? on the one side, wanting to send people to an imaginary place that doesn't exist. And I, th- I made the point that it, actually it does matter because he does think it exists. Yeah. In his belief system, he thinks it's a place of eternal torture, shame and pain. And that's yeah. where he wants a large proportion of society to go yeah. through something for that's no the, choice of their own. Yeah, the choice for the crime. And of, that's why it's a problem. No yeah. And that's and why him just... saying it is a problem. Yeah. Also, as a high-profile sportsman, him saying it just reinforces a lot of unpleasant stereotypes and unpleasant margin. You know, if some, you know, it's it's not going to cause less bullying of gay people in Australia when a leading one light the, in their national yeah, team says, yeah, says, oh yeah, all gays are going to hell. You Why know? would somebody who plays grade rugby in yeah. New South Wales fancy coming yeah. out and being honest about his sexuality yeah. now? It's, Every, perver- it's, it's pervasive and insidious, this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's not because of his, you know, it is because of his Christian beliefs, because there are some shit beliefs there. You know what, I but can, if he wants I to can have understand. them, carry the fuck on. I understand like, if he said, them. you know, not what, not agreeing with gay marriage is, is in one level a kind of political yeah. statement. I don't agree with it, and it's got questions, no. I'm not, but I'm saying I can understand that. That was what he came out and said before. Yeah, but, but he also said he, he it, loved and respected all people. Um, apart from the ones he wants to send to hell. Yeah, demonstrably not. <laughs> and, you know, fair enough. You, you know, it, it, I, I am not unfamiliar with evangelical Christianity. I know how it fucking goes. Hmm. And they would say, oh, you know, all have fallen short of the glory of God and going to hell if they don't turn to Jesus, etc. And I'm sure that is the excuse that he would use. But why are you so preoccupied with but the But what gaze? if you do want to turn to Jesus and still kiss each other of the same sex? Which yeah. lots of people well, do, by the way. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> why, why are you preoccupied with the gays? Also, 
if you're so preoccupied with the Bible, <laughs> why have you got a fucking shitload of tattoos, mate? Yeah. Why are you so preoccupied with the gays? I was never tempted. <laughs> he says. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Yes, but it's 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 weird, anyway, isn't it? Enough. It's just it's it's just disappointing. It's, dis- um, it's as Jim would say, we're very disappointed. disappointed but, uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, where have we got ja- Jamie Phillips got in touch. God bless yes. you, Jamie. Long-suffering Dragons fan <laughs> Jamie Phillips has been in touch. <laughs> Speaking of God, God bless you, Jamie. He said yeah. shit is a Dragons defence. They've conceded over yeah. an average of 32 points, nearly four and a half tries a game. Only at the Dragons could bring in a specialist defence coach in, make our defence even more shit than it was before. <laughs> uh, it's, it's. Can you imagine like, how comical it must be with this new defence coach coming in, blowing the whistle? <laughs> Why are you fucking standing there? <laughs> That's not attack. Isn't this way you talk? No. Tackle like I mean, that? I know you've not been coached before, but you know you have to stand in a fucking line, right? <laughs> it's it's fascinating. Like, it's fascinating, it fascinated, like watching a slow motion car crash, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, you want to turn like, your eyes away from it, but you can't. <laughs> somebody in a thread that I think we might both have been in, I can't remember who it was, I'm afraid, just basically said, this is Ross Moriarty's fucking nightmare coming true. <laughs> and it is. It's like he's been sold a fucking promise yeah. of a glorious dragon's future where he doesn't he can still live in gloucester he doesn't even have to move yeah a phoenix gets, on the flames rising he can, play, he can play for wales and they're going to be good next year and every with every passing week he must just think this is not going to turn around quickly at all and yeah and then it looks they're not getting george north now you know, Gavin Ensign would rather pay for Nice. What the fuck's he doing, by the way, George North? What, I mean, how long does it take to decide what club you want to play for? What's wrong with this? I, re- I genuinely think they will announce it on the eve of Judgment Day to make it ah. a big thingy-jig. But everybody knows it's it's basically a done deal now. It's Osprey's. just or Cardiff. Like, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't possibly say, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's a done deal. It's just a case of what I find particularly amusing is that even though multiple people have told me that it is a done deal, the Wales online is still running a, where's George North going to end up next season? It's like, you fucking know, you all know, like if I know, then journalists at Media Wales sure as hell fucking know that George North has signed yeah, for somebody. You know, we know where George North is going is one story that people only click on once. Yeah. Whereas they can do the where's the latest what's the latest sort of things about where George North might go next season. It's like you know where he's going. The twenty five faces that George North has pulled that may give a clue to where he's going next season. <laughs> exactly click through the gallery. That. It is terrible. Um, God bless Simon Thomas fighting his way through all of that. He's he doing his best, isn't he? You know, he tries his hardest, doesn't he? What else have we got that's shit then? We've got Ian um, Bounds got in touch and said that shit is whoever arranged Cardiff Blues' travel plans. Uh, Africa. Yes. Now, what's the story here? Was this the only way they could get there or did it all go terribly wrong? It all went terribly wrong. So they flew, They went to Heathrow to fly to South Africa or to fly somewhere. I don't know. Well, it would have been South Africa, wouldn't it? Surely. Well, you would hope so. <laughs> but the flight got the flight got ground. The flight got cancelled. So they flew. They went up on ah. Wednesday night. Their flight got cancelled. So then, 
they had to stay overnight in Heathrow. And then their flight out, they got the first flight out to presumably Johannesburg the next day. However, they then missed their connecting flight. <laughs> and some of the players, what was very funny was that some of the original, their, connecting, their original connecting flight got, um, their original flight got overbooked. So two of the players had to be put onto another flight. But then the flight that the bulk of the squad was on, I think, got cancelled. But the flight that the two other people, I think it was Christian Dacey and maybe Alex Cuthbert or something like that, got bumped onto, did go. So they basically arrived in Johannesburg on their own. And everybody else was stuck in Heathrow. And so they had no bags connect- either, didn't they? When the bags they missed the flight. The bags turned that got lost in transit. So it took them 55 hours in total to get... To uh, to South Africa for the game that they played on Saturday afternoon, which instead of then instead of moving, and it then back they got Sunday, fucking mugged off by a dodgy penalty. Yeah, track. and they got mugged Go off in the 80th minute. By, and, the, and the, they only put the game time, the kickoff time, back two hours instead of just playing it on Sunday. Well, have a nap. Which, What's wrong with you? Which is mad. Um, but fucking hell, it's Welsh rugby travel. By and large, it's going <laughs> terribly. Yeah, if that's not a, you know, I mean, it wasn't their fault to be honest. You no. know, these things happen, Welsh, don't they? Welsh rugby, you should just buy a plane and lease it out to everyone. I bet the Argentina, the Jaguars are just like, are oh, you fucking amateurs? <laughs> Fifty-five hours. We once went wrong, ended up on Baffin Island in Canada trying to get to Australia. <laughs> you fucking moaning bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, why, don't, why doesn't the Pro 14... If the Pro 14 is going to continue to expand quite so stupidly, just buy a fucking plane. Charter the cunt. You know? Air Force Scrum. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, look even at that. Even branded for it. it for you. Easy, easy street. Have you got any more but, good? No shit, uh, we've done good. Any more shit? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't have any more shit. Well, I'm going to um, leave you with this. Yes. Leave you all with this, though, gentlemen. Stu Owen got in touch on Twitter. And he said, shit, was my crap planning meant that I was getting married during the Scarlets game this weekend. Fucking hell. However, good, and this is brilliant, <laughs> by the way, was my dad shouting out the score during the speeches. Ah, fair play. That is Stu, heroic. I want to know, right, on a scale of one to nine million, how fuming was your now wife at this <laughs> stuff going on at her wedding? Or is she point. a big fan and was quite finding it all quite amusing? I shouldn't be jumping to such a conclusion. No. However, really, let's be real here. Yeah. Like, fair play. That's that's commitment to the cause. It's not like it's a big game either. It's Scarlet's Glasgow. It's yeah. not the World Cup final. That's absolutely heroic. That's us for the week, Josh. It is. We are done. We are dusted. Not literally. No. Um, and I'll see you next week and we will speak to all of you next week when it's, is it? No, it's not Europe next week, it's week after, isn't it? So it's another, Yes. it's the, it's, it's the great always. spluttering drag towards the playoff. We've all had enough at this stage, let's be honest. We all want the playoffs <laughs> yeah. to start now. We're, we're, on we're doing our best. We're but... where everyone's fucking fed up and they just want it to end. So uh, it just feels like a treadmill more... now. So join us yeah, for more just... treadmill action next week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. See you, everybody. Bye. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. Surprise! 
and bad ones, like realising you're so old you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.